Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. to see the power of prayer in our life and 
This building is an answered prayer for sure. We're, we're standing in one of those moments today, the fulfillment of a prayer that's been prayed for years, and, and we're standing here. My sermon title today, just as you're taking notes, with God, all things are possible. Can I get an amen? amen. With God, all things are possible. I'll start out with a little story. So back when I was 42 years old, just a young man back then, 15 years ago, I was, I was struggling with probably stress and anxiety and everything else, you know, as, as life can do. And I began to experience chest pains and I was feeling these, these moments where my heart would grip. And one night I, I had this major hit in my heart and I got out of bed and it, it scared me pretty pretty, you know, real, and I tapped Harriet, and I said, hey, babe, I'm going to get up. I said, I'm not feeling well. I'm having heart cramps and heart pain. I said, come check on me in about an hour, make sure I'm all right, and, and she's like, what are you talking about? I, I'm, we're going to the hospital, so we ended up calling an ambulance, and I went to the hospital, and they kept me in overnight. They ran all kinds of tests on me, and that next morning, I was laying there, and I was thinking, how foolish of me to let this anxiety place me in the hospital. And the doctor came in, and I was, like, just ready for him to say, you can go on home, you know, you're, you're just being silly or whatever. And, and he said, you know, we, we found blockage in an artery, and we're going to go in and do a, a cat scan or, or something. What is it when you go into your heart? heart cath, that's what it is, I'm not a doctor, so don't plan on that, but, but, they, but they said we're going to have to check things out because we have three different verification processes that have told us that, that you have issues in your heart and we're not going to let you go home, and so they kept me another day, and so Monday morning we woke up and I was going to be taken down for the procedure in the doctor comes in to Harriet and I, and he says, um, you know, Mr. Blevins, I need you to sign this document that says that when we go in and we see the problem, we want full authority to be able to fix what the problem is, including open-heart surgery. And so Harriet, in her bold self, looked at the doctor and said, sir, we don't have time for that. You're going to have to come up with a better answer. And he said, well, I'm just the doctor. And she said, well, I'll tell you what, we're going to pray, and that'll be the end of that. And he kind of looked at her politely and said, yes, ma'am, and, you know, like crazy woman, you know. And so we prayed, she prayed, she laid hands on me, and we went in for the procedure, and I came out, and I woke up, and, and I'm sitting you know, like, it's all here, you know, and, and, and he said, you know what, he said, we saw previously on all of our reports, we had three doctors verify it, but when we went in, we noticed that there was absolutely nothing wrong with any of your heart arteries, and you're completely well. I have a, a friend who is also a medical doctor that I, I go to for my regular doctor, 
and I was sharing that story with him, and, and I don't know if he fully believed the story. And so he had access to go look at my reports. And so the next time I went to him and I sat down and he handed me this document. And he said, I want you to have this. And I said, what is it? And he said, this is the actual medical diagnosis from the hospital. And he said, I pulled it out because I don't want you to ever forget what God can do. And he said, I'm reading it from New Hanover Regional Medical Center. And it says the left main coronary artery was large vessel, free of disease. And it goes on and on and says that. The page before it, though, he said, it reads this. He says a 42-year-old male with a recent history of reoccurring episodes of chest discomfort. The patient had stress imaging study for all kinds of terms I don't understand, but came back abnormal, showing evidence of blockage ischemia stuff, I don't know what it means, but when it says blockage, I don't like it. And he said, then I want you to always turn back and see what God can do. Free of disease, free of disease, normal, normal, normal. And I just want you to know that as I stand here before you, I'm not just saying that out of a, you know, maybe God can do great things. I'm not standing here before you with just a, a fleeting hope and I'm telling you that I've seen God move, I know God moves, and I know with God all things are possible. Amen? Matthew chapter 19 says it like this. It says, with man this is impossible. And listen, there are so many things that, that we can do. Some of you are super talented. Some of you guys are like, you have extraordinary skills. And, and some of you have the ability to do so many things. But I want you to know that you're not God. You can't do what God can do. And that's why the Bible says this, but with God, all things are possible. And so as we stand here and celebrate what God has done today in this brand new building, I really want to build our faith for what God can do in our church and in your life. I'm not satisfied with just being stagnant with where we are. I want to see God do amazing things through our church. I want to reach a city. I want to reach hundreds and hundreds of people. And I want to see lives changed. I want to see people's lives saved for the kingdom of God. I want to see healings happen in this house. I want to see people delivered in this house. I want to see God do great things. And so, listen, I'm not here for a building. I'm always here for the people and what God wants to do. And so we need to have great faith for what God can do in this house. And you need great faith for what God can do in your life. And what I want to encourage you to do is to not limit what God can do. Let's not limit him. Let's not put lids on what God can do in our life because I believe God can do anything if we learn to pray boldly and stand in faith with him. And so today I want you to open your heart to God's word and, and let faith arise at a new level so you can see God do something in your life. And I want you to know that we're not going to just talk about it today. We're going to pray about it today. When we finish this message today, we're going to give opportunity for you to say, yes, Lord, I want to see God move in my life. We don't want to limit God, and I want to share a story out of the Old Testament where the Israelites, they limited God. They, they had a, a mindset that wouldn't allow God to do what God wanted to do in their life. And it says in Psalm 78, it says, again and again, the Israelites, they tempted God. And it says they limited the Holy One of Israel. In other words, they put a lid on what God can do. And it says they did not remember His power. 
They didn't remember what he could do. And it says they didn't remember his power the day that when he had redeemed them from the enemy. Listen, the Israelites had seen God move so powerfully. He's reminding them in the scripture. He says they didn't remember when he worked his signs in Egypt and he did his wonders in the field. And and I believe that God wanted to do mighty things for Israel. I believe God wanted to, to do powerful things for the Israelites. Amen? He wanted to protect them. He wanted to provide for them in supernatural ways, but they limited God. And while I'm here, I'll just say that Israel needs to remember God today. He still wants to protect them, and he still wants to move and do supernatural things in Israel today. But how do you limit God? How do I limit God? Let's personalize this for a minute. How do we limit God? I'll tell you that that we limit God when we are prayerless, when we, we... don't go to God for the things in our life. And we start just operating out of our own strength and start doing, doing life without recognizing and remembering what God can do in our life. Prayerlessness is always a way to limit God because he's waiting on us to ask. If we don't ask, we won't receive. And he's waiting on us to ask. And so for us, we need to not be a prayerless church. We don't need to be a prayerless church body. We need to pray and seek God. Prayerlessness will limit God because he waits. I think sometimes we feel like our, our situations are, are too insignificant for God. Have you ever been that way? You're like, well, this is too little. I don't want to pray about it. This, this doesn't matter. I mean, this is going to work out anyway. So sometimes we, we, we fail to pray just because we don't see necessary. Sometimes we look at our problems and we think they're way too big. Have you ever been in a situation and you're overwhelmed by it and you feel like the, the problems have mounted up and you're just barely able to survive and and we forget, like the Israelites, we forget to remember what God can do, and we, we fail to go to him for prayer. I want to say to you that if you're in a situation today that seems overwhelming, then God is calling you to pray boldly for him to answer your prayers, to get you through that season. We can't forget what God can do. God can do amazing things. I don't want you to stop dreaming in life. I feel like sometimes in our culture today that the culture has put a lid on our dreams and we're like, we just don't know what's going to happen next week, next year. And we're, we're like, you know what, let's just, let's just hold on, baby. Let's just see if we can get through all of this. And I don't believe that's God's pattern for his people just to, to get through. I think we should be people that continue to dream and continue to expand and continue to believe that God can do all things, even in a crazy culture and environment. Amen. When we were building this building, there were moments that we ran into that we thought, well, it's just not going to, it's not going to work. Well, there were times that we were here and, and there were situations that came up and, and, and we thought, well, we're, we're not going to get this building built on time. It's not going to happen. And some simple things, like there was one time I remember I came in and the, the head contractor, he said to me, he goes, hey, I hate to tell you this, Pastor Tim, but none of the interior doors have shown up. And he said, they're back ordered, and I have no idea where they are, and I have no idea when they're going to come in. And he said, and I've tried to place new orders, and it's too late. No one can get the doors in, and I don't know that we're going to have doors for your grand opening, and if we don't have doors, we can't get the CO. And he said, I can't do anything about it. He said, because I don't know where they are and what's happened, and, and it's just, he said, so sorry. Well, I'll be honest with you, uh, panic. Because can you imagine going back to the gym and saying to everybody, hey, everybody, 
two more months here. There would have been a revolt on my hands, you know. You would have. You're like, I can't do these plastic chairs another day, uh, you know. I, I don't know. And so I sent out a text to several people, our staff, and and I'm like, we got to pray for doors. Like, we we need doors. Like, just doors. Like, I don't even care if they're pretty doors anymore. Just give me doors, Lord. The next day, I walked. Here, I, I, I drove here, got out of my truck, walked, and there was this big old truck sitting out front. And I'm kind of nosy. And so I walked up to the guy he's sitting in the truck, and he was asleep. And I'm like, what you got in there? What are you delivering? And he gets up and he goes, you know what? He said, yesterday, yesterday I was in Canada. And he said, I got this call that these doors needed to get to Wilmington, North Carolina. And he said, you know what? He said, I just decided I'd just drive all night long and get these doors to this church down here in Wilmington, North Carolina. And he said, so I've got a lot of doors for you. And I said, yes, you do, brother. I said, I know. We had another situation where we had... uh, installed this amazing security system in our church. We have, just so you'll know, we have an amazing security system. And, um, and so Honeywell, like this big, giant international company, and they installed this system, and it's tied to our sprinkler systems. It's tied to the fire department. It's tied to the police department. It's tied to everything. It can even alert you, like if there's a, a tornado in the area, I'll just let you know, if there's a tornado somewhere, this system will pick it up and it'll announce to us there's a tornado. So if you ever get the tornado announcement, you'll know. Um, and so, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a mega system. We're like, we wanted to be fully prepared and ready. And so they hooked this thing up. They tested it, loud beeping all over for fire alarms and everything. They tested the whole thing. And they left. And then like two days later, I looked at the system and it was blank. And so I asked the contractor, like, hey, what happened to the security system? And he goes, man, he goes, we got a problem. I said, what's the problem? He said, well, Honeywell got hacked on an international level and it has shut down their entire system. And he said, I have an email from them and said, it's going to be six, eight weeks at best, maybe 12 to three months before they'll get us up and running. Now that was like a month ago. Well, here came my panic again. I, I hate to tell you that, church. I'm a little bit panicky. But, but that was like the week we were supposed to get out of the old building, like that week. Like I'm like, we're supposed to be celebrating moving out of here. And so I said, well, we, we'll pray. And so I texted people, pray, pray, pray for Honeywell. And we prayed. And a few days later, I was showing the building to, to uh, Pastor Ron and Norma McGee and uh, they were in the building with us and we were just walking around and I was telling them about this Honeywell system. It's just black, nothing's on it. And, and, and I said, this thing doesn't turn on. If they don't fix the hack and they don't, whatever they got to do, they got to do it. And I said, they're not doing it, you know. And I was like, and they said, well, let's pray. They were sweet. Let's just pray. Like, God will take care of that. Don't you worry about it. I'm like, well, I am worried, but you know, sorry to tell you. I'm pretty human here. I, I, this pastor doesn't glow. I'm telling you what. I, like, I go through the same things. So they prayed the house down, man. They, they're prayer warriors, I'll tell you. If you need somebody to pray for, you go find them. Don't find me. Find them. Um, well, guess what happened? 
The next day I walked in. Contractor says, guess what? I said, I know. I know, I know, I know how God works. And he said, what they said was going to take six, eight, 12 weeks. Somehow within two days, the thing turned on and we're ready to go. You can tell your church everything's going to be all right. Listen, I want you to know there's just nothing that God loves more than to answer our prayers, than to move in our life, to fulfill our dreams that line up with his plans. That's who he is, and and that's just what he wants to do. He wants to do it. And in the Old Testament, again, with the Israelites, I'll, I'll go back to the very beginning of the story of the Israelites. It began with Abraham and his wife, Sarah. And God was giving them a covenant, a, a promise that they would be the, the beginning of a nation, that through them, the nation of Israel would be born and that they would birth this nation that would be God's special people. And they would be blessed by God and, and that through them, the, the world would be blessed. And it was God's plan for the Israelites to, to experience all the blessings of God and through them the world would see how great God is and we'd all want to serve the same God. And so he set this covenant with Abraham and it reads it like this and it says, now the Lord had said to Abraham, he said, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. Now, I don't know if any parents have ever wanted to say that to your older kids, but, but he's, like, he's like, get out of there. And then he said, I want you to go to a land that I'll show you. Let me just take a moment and let you know that, that God gave Abram and Abraham or Abraham and his wife and the nation of Israel a special land. We have referred to it over and over through scriptures as God's promised land. And where you see the Israelites today in Jerusalem is God's promised land. That's the land that God gave Israel. He made a promise to them, and it says, verse 2, that I will make you a great nation. And he said, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And so the promise of God was for them to have their land, for them to become this nation that God was going to bless, God's special people. Verse 3 then gives instructions for the rest of us. This is the message for you and I in verse 3. And he says, I will bless those who bless you. He's saying, I will bless anyone who blesses Israel. And he says, and I will curse those who curse you. What he's saying is, is I will bless those who bless Israel. And anyone that comes against Israel is going to fall. And he said, then through you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. You know, there's a lot happening in Israel right now. If you've watched the news at all, you understand there, is a, there has been an attack on Israel from a terrorist organization, Hamas. They, they are situated in the Gaza right next to Israel. And, and I just want to take a moment to encourage us as a church body to recognize biblical events that are happening in the news today because we have to see life through biblical lens. We cannot look at culture in any other way for us as believers, and we look through it through what the Scripture says. And so I just want to remind you that, that God's everlasting covenant is with Israel. Everlasting. From, from the time of Abram all the way to today. 
and God gave them a promise of land. Now, I understand that Israel, they're not a perfect group of people. They're not a perfect nation. I'm sure there is political corruption at their highest levels. Just, I'm sure it's all there. And I recognize that they all need Jesus in order to go to heaven. All right, so I'm not dismissing any of those things. But I'm still standing on the fact that God never fails on a promise. And he said, these are my people and I've made a covenant with them. And so for us as Christians, we stand with Israel. We stand with them and we we pray for Israel because the Bible says those who bless Israel will be blessed. I, for one, want to be blessed, amen? Those who come against Israel will fall. I don't want to fall. I want to live a biblically viewed life. And in order to do that, even with the flaws of Israel, I support and I bless them. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. As Christians, we also can carry a deep compassion as we pray for those who are innocent victims of war. And it's there. There are innocent victims of the war. There are people that are suffering greatly right now. There are people who are are Palestinians and there are a, a small portion of Palestinians who are Christians and they're trapped under a government that exercises terrorism. And they're stuck in it. And so we pray for those who are stuck under that, that, that government that, that leads the Gaza Strip there. But we recognize that Israel has the right to defend its land because God gave them the land. We recognize that they have a neighboring government that in their charter, in their, their focus of their charter is to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. And so they have to stand ready to protect. So Israel is defending what God has given them. Can I get an amen, church? All right, that's my, let me bring us back to our topic of the day. We're praying boldly, audacious faith. How you doing, church? Those chairs comfortable? (laughs) You're not asleep, are you? Abram and Sarah, they, they were... They were told about this, this amazing covenant. They were going to be the, the, the beginning of this nation that God had promised them. And, and they didn't have any children and they were really old. And they were way, 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 way past childbearing age. And when God said, you're going to be father and mother, and, and they're like, what? Like, we're old. And, and so they were... They were limiting what God could do based on their age. And, and I'll be honest with you, I get it. I, I would be like, yeah, old, I, you know, there's only so much we can do. But they were physically and humanly seeing it as impossible. And so the scripture says this in Genesis 18. God says to them, he says, I surely will return to you about this time next year. Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him. So... The angel of the Lord is talking to Abram outside the tent. She's inside. She's listening. Verse 11 says, Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah heard this, and she laughed to herself. She was like, right. Like She's like, I'm old. And so it says this. She says, well, 
after I'm worn out. <laughs> I feel that way, and I'm not real old yet. But just I'm worn out. And, and Harriet, I want you to know, you don't have to call me like Sarah calls her husband. But she said, I'm worn out in my Lord. She said, my Lord is old. <laughs> Wives, I don't think you need to call your husband's Lord today. She said, I'm worn out and, and my Lord is old. And, and can we have this pleasure of having a child? Can, we, can this actually happen? And, and it's a question mark and she's doubting. She's like, there's no way. Then the Lord said to Abram, did Sarah laugh? And she had laughed. And she's like, how are we going to have this child? We're old. And, and, and listen, I, I just feel like we have to put our, ourselves in, in their shoes for just a moment. It's easy to judge it years later, but they were 100 years old. Like, like that seemed physically impossible to them. There are things that come into my life, whether it's a, a set of doors or a fire alarm or different issues of finances that seem so overwhelming. I'm like, God, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't, I don't know. And that's where she was. And so God responded to them in verse 14, and he said, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? And he said, I'll retire next year and you'll have your baby. I like that question, is anything too hard for the Lord? I like that. Let me ask you, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything? No, there's not. Is there a problem that's too big for God? Is there a problem that's too small for God? Is there a mountain too high or a valley too low for God? Is there a demon too strong for God? No, there's not. But I want to take a minute and help convince you. Can I just do my best to convince you that there's nothing too hard for God? I want you to be inspired today to, to believe that there's just nothing too hard for God. All things are possible. And so I want to share three attributes about God that I, I think will help you see that, that whatever you're going through, God can answer a prayer for you. And by the end of this service, you'll have the, the faith, the extra level of belief and confidence that as you pray, God will move. And so I want to share this with you. First of all, God is, is omnipresent, which means he's ever-present. Only a God can be present everywhere at all times. He's present in the front row, folks, and he's present with the back row, folks. He's present when you're at home. He's present with those in Israel all at the same time. He's present. The Bible says in Proverbs 15, 3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on evil and good. And so when you're going through your situation, I want you to know that God sees you. He sees you. You're not alone. Like he is there. He is near. That, that ought to comfort you to know that, that before you pray anything, he sees it. Before you have the first utter of your breath, he is there. He, he is present. God is never far from you. God is always with you and he will go with you through it all. That ought to bring us comfort that he is omnipresent in your life. You're never alone. And when he is present with you, when he is there, then anything and everything that God can do, he can do in your situation. He's present. Is there anything too hard for God? Well, no, he can be near to you in your situation. The next thing I want you to know about God is, is he is omniscient, which means he is all-knowing. 
He knows everything. He knew everything from way back then to way ahead. But he knows now. He knows it all. He's all knowing it. I don't even understand. There's no way I can comprehend how God can know everything all the time from past now to the future. 1 John 3.20 says, Our hearts condemn us. But it says this, that God is greater than our heart. He's greater than our minds because he knows all things. He knows it all. He knows what you're thinking. He knows the struggle you're in. He knows when I'm in panic mode that the doors aren't coming in. He's like, oh, bless his heart. Here he goes again. He's like, when will I ever teach him? When is he going to remember that I never fail? You know, like, like he knows the, the place that we are. He knows us. He knows everything. Listen, he knows my past and he knows your past. Now, for some of us, you're like, I don't know if I want him to know my past. But let me tell you what. He knows your past. He forgives your past, right? He knows your past. He knows your present. He knows what's going on in your life. He cares about it. He's, he is in your moment. You're not alone. He is there, and he can answer your prayer. He knows your future. This is so powerful because if he knows your future, he knows how to answer your prayer to get you to where he wants you to be in life. He's all-knowing. Is there anything too hard for God? No. He knows it all. He knows what's best for you. And so, therefore, when you pray and you begin to ask God, he is there and he knows what's best and how to answer that prayer. But the third thing I'll land with is, is, is God is, is, and I love this word because I always mispronounce it. Um, so, it's, it's uh, help me, everybody. He's omnipotent. There you go. Sorry. Because I want to say something else. I want to say omnipotent, and that's so weird. Um, but he is omnipotent, meaning he's all-powerful, church. All-powerful. Which means when you ask, he has the power to answer that prayer. The scripture teaches us that it says the sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command, his mighty power. God is not weak, church. God is not feeble. The Israelites, they limited God because they did not remember his mighty power. They did not remember what he had done in the past and they had forgotten that what he could do for them now and protect and heal and, and move in their life. And, and I want you to remember today that, that the same God that parted the Red Seas is answering your prayers today. The same God who delivered the Israelites out of captivity and into their promised land is the same God that answers your prayers today. The same God who turned water into wine is the same God that answers your prayers today. Hey, the same God who healed the lepers and answered their prayers is the same God that is near, the same God that knows, and the same God that has the power to heal your body as well. The same God who raised Christ from the dead lives in us, and he wants to move in your life. Because with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. 
I don't know what your situation is. I know we stand here in this building and we have a sense of what God can do for a church body. I've seen God heal my life. There's testimonies all through this building. Let me ask, let me just ask a question. How many of you would raise your hand saying, signifying that somewhere, sometime in your life, you know that God has answered one of your prayers? So, overwhelming evidence. So what would limit you from praying today about what you're going through? What would limit you from calling out to God and asking the Holy Spirit to to move in your life and your situation and what you're going through? In a few moments, we're we're gonna pray. Before I do, I want to ask one question. The question is, is do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You're here today and potentially someone invited you. I don't know how you made it to this brand new building today, but I'm glad you are. But do you know Jesus as your Savior? And I just want to let you know, if you've never made a decision to say, yes, I believe in Jesus, I want you to know that God, He loves you. The same God that I've preached about, the same God that's present, He's present in your life, He cares about you. It's not about what you've done or haven't done. He just absolutely loves you. The reality, though, is all of us have missed the mark. We've all fallen short. No one has lived a perfect life, and we've all sinned in some capacity. And we can't forgive ourselves. I mean, you should forgive yourself, but that doesn't answer the eternity for you. You need a Savior, and His name is Jesus. Jesus died on the cross. He took a penalty for you so you can be free and forgiven and saved. You just receive it today. I'll say a simple prayer with you. And you can just say, God, I I want to be saved. I want my sins forgiven. I want to live a new life, a brand new life. And so I'm going to invite you with just a moment. Would you bow your heads? Father, I thank you for everyone that's here. Lord, if there are people that don't know you, would you tap on their heart? Today is a day of salvation for them. Let's all say this prayer out loud together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. He died on the cross for my sins. I turn to him. I ask for forgiveness and I receive it today. And I accept the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we just give a clap? God is so good. As I close today, I would like to invite our prayer leaders. And why don't you all stand to your feet with me? I'd like to invite our prayer leaders to come to the front. We want to just set up this moment. Because I don't think it's enough to just agree. I think sometimes we have to step with what God has said to us. And I know you've agreed. I've heard your claps. And, but I want us to, to take a step and, and invite God to answer a prayer. The Bible says in James 4, 2, it says, you do not have because you do not ask God. 
And so whatever it is in your life, you want to ask God, this is a great time to do it. Today's a great day. We celebrate this new building, but what, what a better celebration would be for God to do a miracle in your life. Let's take the limits off of God in this next few moments and ask him to, to move in your life. If God can do it, he might do it today. Why hold back? Listen, if you don't want to be one that steps out and asks for prayer, you can ask God at your seat. God, would you do a miracle in my life? We're going to go into a moment where you can come forward for prayer. We also have communion that's in the back corners. If you want to get out of your seat and go back and get communion, come back to your seat, you can. We have an opportunity for you to take communion. You can can stay and worship with our worship team. I'd love for you to stay in the room today as as we kind of begin to close out this day because we have a a great song at the end we want to sing with you and celebrate. But Father, I ask that you do miracles today and we stand in agreement that with God all things are possible. Amen, church.